Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the James McDonald Podcast, where we say love to live to love. That's our focus, that's our passion, and we invite you to let God's Word have that impact in your life right now. Here's Pastor James. 1 John 3, 14, if you have a Bible, let's look at that. If you don't, uh, we have it here on the screen. Um, 1 John 3, 14, uh, let's lift up our voices, read like men, come on together, we're going to read God's Word. Come on, we know that we have passed out of death into life because we have loved the brothers. Now that tense is a, is a perfect present. It's the idea we did love them, we do love them, we will go on loving them. It is the condition of our life. We know that we have passed from death into life because we have loved the brothers. Now, um, passed. See the word passed there? See it? That's uh, from one state to another. I was this, now I'm this. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that if any man is in Christ, in Christ, say it. If, though, if, if. Not every man that says he's in Christ is in Christ. Not by a long shot. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away and all things have become new. That's the conversion experience, all right? Now, um, when this says, the verse again, I'm gonna need it for a while, y'all. Thank you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we have loved the brothers. Passed from death. That's uh, the condition that every person is born into this world in. Um, you've heard the phrase, born once, die twice. Born twice, die once, right? You're born physically, everybody's got that going on. We're not really talking about people that never you know, made it to the first sunrise. If you're born physically, you're born, Ephesians says, dead in your trespasses and sins. You're alive physically, but you're still dead spiritually. You have to be born two times. Did you know that? That's why Jesus said, marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. You got to be born another time. You got to be born a second time. If you're only born once, you're going to die twice. You're going to die physically. And then if you go to the end of the book of Revelation, where everything's coming to a big halt in human history, it says, then another book was opened which is the book of life, and everyone was judged by what was written in the book. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. See, if you're only born once, you die twice. You die physically and you die spiritually. But if you're born twice, physically, and born into God's family through faith in Jesus, then you're only going to die once. You're going to die physically, but you're not going to die spiritually. That's why Paul was able to say to me, to live as Christ, to die is gain. And that's why I made a joke about planes crashing. And it's not that big a deal the older you get, because to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's not a thing, y'all. If we knew how awesome heaven was, trust me when I tell you, we'd all be looking for early exit ramps. Okay, that's why the Bible hardly ever tells us very much about heaven at all, because we'd all be like, I never look when I walk across the street, <laughs> right? So, now, um, back to my verse. Y'all with me? 
We know that we have passed out of death into life. I know that's happened to me. I know that I've been born again. How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? Because before I even get to how you know, let me just say that there's a lot of really messed up teaching on this point, and I'd love to give an inspirational talk, and I like inspirational talks, but we're going to just have, to have a little theology lesson here for a moment. Somebody say, come on. come on. Because you can't believe better than what you actually know, and I am blessed to talk to a lot of men over the years of my ministry, and I'm going to tell you one of the questions plaguing the minds of many Christian men is am I really saved? Am I really saved? I mean, I prayed a prayer, I walked an aisle, I'm not sure that my life's really that much different than my neighbor. Sometimes I feel like I'm hiding behind Jesus to hide a lot of other stuff going on in my life. I, am I really saved? Am I really saved? Well, we know that we have passed out of death into life because, I mean, it's already, everybody should be like, ah, it's one of those verses. It's one of the verses by which I can know. Everyone say no. no. The word there is the strongest word that can be used uh, in the uh, Greek language for knowing a personal, experiential, I've got the facts, take it to the bank. You can deposit this. No. By this we know. I don't mean I think so. I don't mean it's my opinion. Got a lot of people that know stuff today but don't know Jack, right? So I'm talking about really know. I mean, wake up in the middle of the longest night and know that I've passed from death to life. By this we can know. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about this, but there's a lot of confusion about the subject of assurance of salvation because people get it confused with eternal security. I was a little kid going to a Baptist church and I had those same questions, you know, am I really saved? Am I really saved? And you know, I beat the tar out of my brother this week and I only feel a bit bad about it. And, and am I really saved? You know what I'm talking about? And, and I can remember going forward. They give an invitation after church and the pastor preached on it. I went forward and I don't, I don't know if I'm really a Christian. And, and, and you know what happened was they took me into the prayer room. I'll never forget the old guy. He was, he was awesome. And he opened his Bible and he, bless his heart, he gave me eternal security verses to show me that I was a Christian. Eternal security verses are, and Pastor Ryan and I have really very similar beliefs on this subject. They're called biblical. <laughs> Eternal security is the idea that God keeps his own. And um, somebody say, give me an example. All right, all right. Um, how, about, how about John 10? John 10, Jesus said, my sheep... Hear my voice, and I know them, and I give to them eternal life. Neither shall any of them perish. He goes on to say, my Father, who is greater than all, has given them to me. And no man, the Greek there is udes, which means no man, no being, no demon, no thing, nada. Nothing, udes. My father is greater than all has given to me and no one is able to take them out of my father's hand. Come on, jump up here for a second. I need you to help me with the sermon. So just come on, jump right up here. Come on, you're in. So, so here's the thing. Now I want you to give you this. So what's your name, bro? Brad. Brad, we don't need your personality. We just need your hands. So keep quiet. Okay, all right? 
All right, God bless, right? Oh, dude, you're good. All right, here we go. Here we go. Get this, get this. Get, get this. It's not nice. It's just a little thing. I want to I just stay on topic. Help me. So, so, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and I give to them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone take. Whose hand is this? This is, this is your br- Brad? Brad, yeah. This is Brad. This is Jesus. Right. And no one shall be able to take them out of my hand. My Father, who is greater than all, has given them to me, and no one can take them out of my Father's hand. Yeah. Okay? So that's, thank you. So that's, that's some of the biblical teaching on eternal security. But here's the problem. The question that we need to answer for our assurance of salvation is not does God keep his own, but am I one of his own? And it's in the same passage I was just talking about, John 10. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. There's the assurance of salvation. I was this little kid going forward in church going, I don't know if I'm a Christian. And they're like, well, God keeps his own. I mean, <laughs> that couldn't have been a more off-point answer. I didn't need to know, can God keep his own? I needed to know, was I? one of his own. And, and it's, look at, look at, you're not in Cincinnati because you know how to get there. True or false? Hands up if you know how to get to Cincinnati. Keep your hands up if you think you're there. <laughs> Do you get my point? You're not saved because you know how to be saved. You're saved because your life gives evidence of a Christian. And so the tension is, is you got the Calvinists over here. They're in a bad mood right now. Okay? So you got the Calvinists over here, and they're like, God keeps his own. God keeps his own. God keeps his own. You can't lose it. You can't lose it. You can't lose it. Okay? Well, I do believe that God keeps his own, but it's a little bit beside the point because if you're living like the devil, you're not with Jesus. Or I certainly couldn't give you assurance of him. People are like, well, I think he lost it. He didn't lose it. I don't, I, I don't know if he'd lost it or didn't lose it. I just know the Armenians are over here, you know. You, lo- you lost it again. That's why we come to church every week. They have great responses at the front too, right? Because you just got to get saved all the time. Both of those are caricatures. I thank God for a church. I had my first conversation about this subject with Pastor Ryan today, and he is so on the word of God. Here it is. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Don't be showing up in heaven and say, well, I, you know, I prayed with my mom when I was nine. <laughs> don't, don't, don't show up with, don't show up with a, well, I signed a card, I raised my hand, I walked an aisle. I'm, it's, it, guys, guys, you're not in Cincinnati because you know how to get there. All right? Paul said, or I think Peter said, make your calling and election sure. All right? Give evidence. You know, it says in 1 John chapter 2, they went out from us because they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would have remained with us. Now, that doesn't mean that all defection is false conversion. It just means we don't know. All right? We know that he who endures to the end will be saved. So here it is. Assurance. This is the end of the doctrinal lesson, but I really want you to have it. Assurance of salvation is based upon two things. Continuing faith. Read the whole book of Hebrews. 
Continuing faith. Keep on going. Keep on going. Continuing faith and the fruit that that produces. The way that you know whether you're saved or not is not what card did you sign, what hand did you raise. That may have been when it happened. Praise God. Amen. But it's not a when it happened. I mean, if you're saying, I know I'm married because there was a church and a ring and a white dress, you better have more evidence than that, bro. Okay? It's not, did you jump through some hoops? It's, does your life give evidence of, and, the, and listen, the giving of the evidence, it's born of the Spirit. We can't do it ourselves anyway. The, the fruit, that's why it's called the fruit of the, say it. All right, but the Spirit is bearing fruit in the lives of those who are really His children. Now, you're like, well, what would be a fruit that I could work on? I am, please ask me that question. Ask me. No, but, but ask it more like you're sort of a little bit dopey. Like, what would be? A, come on, come on. Wait, 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 wait. One, two, three, go. Right, right. Here it is. Here it is. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we, as the characteristic of our life, love the brothers. Now, this is the difference between the message last time, loving our thing, loving the brotherhood. That's something positional. That's something we should be devoted to for the rest of our lives. The brotherhood matters. It matters. But the way that we live that out is one brother at a time. And I want to take you to a verse that until I had preached on it, I don't think I'd ever even seen it in the Bible, and I would have claimed I'd read it many times. Turn over with me to these two verses. It's the rest of our time here together. James chapter 5. I'm going to read verse 19 and 20, but let me give you the much more familiar context. James chapter 5, verse really verse 13, talks about suffering and sickness and calling for the elders of the church and let them pray over you and anoint you with oil. The prayer of faith will save the sick and if he's committed any sin, he'll be forgiven. And then, of course, Elijah as the example of powerful, persevering prayer that God answers to the healing of the sick. Say amen. amen. I mean, this dude, he prayed fervently that it wouldn't rain and it didn't. And then he prayed that it would and it did. That's a strong game right there. But how did I miss this? My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. The only message I've ever preached on this subject is the one that I preached. Where has this been? We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brothers. And how many of you, though, tonight can actually think of an example of a brother that a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, He would have been here and he's not here now. And what do we do in the church? Yeah. See ya. Let's go win more lost, which I'm in favor of that big time. But there's so much in the scriptures about this. Luke 15, leave the 99 and go get the one. The one sheep, 
the one already professing believer that had the sheep that wandered off. How do you leave 99 and go get one? Because there's something in God's heart for the person who's lost their way. The person who just can't figure out how to get back again. In fact, it says in, um, also in Luke chapter 14, it says, go into the highways and into the byways and compel them to come in. All right? And so I want to talk about this matter of going to get the wanderer. My brothers, if any one of you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let's start with this. Uh, the problem exists. Uh, this problem exists. Um, there are brothers who have wandered from, now we've surveyed 100 people. The top five answers are on the board to this question. Name a kind, a common kind of wanderer. Number one, the prodigal. The prodigal is the willful wanderer. The, you're not gonna tell me anything and I said what I said and I did what I did. I do what I want. And that willfulness and I don't want restrictions, I don't want scrutiny, I don't want input, and I'm done with all of you, and off I go on my own, wandering away. Honesty, how many here at some point in your life, I was the willful wanderer, hands up. I was the willful wanderer, look at that. And how many of you can think of a willful wanderer that you wish so much was here tonight but is not here tonight because of their willfulness. Put your hand up. And you know, if you're good, good for you. And you know that if you tried to talk to them, that would get really short, really fast, right? That's the willful wanderer. And they are exercising their volition that God has given them, but in the wrong direction. And then here's another one, um, the pleasure seeker. The pleasure seeker, not willful, so much just selfish. I want to do what feels good. I can't take this pain anymore. I have to find a way to get relief. I asked God to give me relief. I, I didn't get the relief that I needed. I can't keep living like this. And then the wounded wanderer. Got hurt, got hurt. Thought I could count on my brothers, couldn't. Thought I could count on the Christians, can't. Thought I could put myself out there, won't ever again. Step away from the vehicle. The wounded wanderer wants nothing to do with you. I'm not going to put myself in that position again. Fool me once, right? I used to love God. I used to be that person. But then, and there's a story, right? Out comes the story. And when you hear the story, you're kind of like, that does suck. I mean, I'm sure they don't see it all clearly because they're super hurt, but I mean, even if part of that's true, that's just not okay, right? 
And then this one, I wouldn't have known to say this a few years ago, but let's call this one the ashamed wanderer. I'm not defending what I did. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm really not saying anything at all. I feel horrible about how I got over here. I wish like anything I could go back and make some better choices, but right now there just would be no way for me to come into this church. I would feel like you all knew and were looking at me and were judging me, and it's just easier, honestly, to stay away. Now, I'm going to stop. Everyone say, stop. This is not a message about you. If you're tinkering on the edge of this, get it together now, yo. Seriously. But one of the evidences, by this we know we have passed from death to life. One of the evidences of the genuineness of your conversion is you don't check out from the message because it doesn't have an upgrade to your portfolio in the next 10 minutes. But actually what you're interested in doing is you're interested in giving evidence that you really are in Christ. And if you really are in Christ and the word of God says that one of the evidences is that you have this characteristic of loving the brothers, just check your own heart right now. Are you leaning into, I really want to understand this. And I really am already starting to pray, God, who would you have me go to? Or maybe it's already on your heart with such force right now that you want to get to the do it part. The ashamed wanderer. One of the things I love about Jesus, isn't that a great sentence? One of the things I love about Jesus is, is just like, you guys, you guys, could we just like go be together for like a decade and I'll tell you the whole list? <laughs> One of the things I love about Jesus is, it says in Hebrews, the way that he got past his atonement was he, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. Do you know the next part? Despising the shame. We've got to help as brothers, we've got to help each other with despising the shame. A lot of men are awash in a sea of shame. And our leader, Jesus Christ, he taught us he endured the pain of the cross, but he despised, it's a whole message, maybe I'll get another chance sometime. He despised the shame. Despising the shame is like so legit. And you, you don't despise the shamer, but you get with your brothers and we're not about that. I don't have ears to hear that. I don't want that. And you don't accept messages of shame when the God of the universe declares by the Holy Spirit, Romans 8, 1, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There's none. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So you might want to jot that reference down if you're going to go and get the guy who he really isn't a prodigal or a pleasure seeker. He's not wounded per se. He's just ashamed and needs someone to tell him how loved he is. And I appreciate the pastor's prayer so much for us tonight. It was just so on point in that regard. And we need to be giving that message to one another. And then here's the last one. The prodigal, the pleasure seeker, the wounded wanderer, the ashamed guy. And then this guy. 
He's just, I don't know. I, I, I got a little distracted. He's like, he doesn't even have a bad attitude. He's just like, did you ever just kind of get to a place? And you're like, I don't even know how I got over here. Anybody like, you know what I'm talking about? Don't leave me up here. He's just like, I was just like doing stuff, man. And, and yeah, I used to go to church all the time. Used to be super connected, you know, really was growing in my faith. But then, I don't know, the car broke down and then I had to fix the garage door. And then, you know, that was in 1974. <laughs> and I don't know what happened. So there's that guy too, right? He just doesn't really have a place to go and no one's really shown an interest in him and he's just over there, you know, doing stuff. So the problem exists. Notice in the text, my brothers, if anyone, see that? James 5, 19, my brothers. And great, the message closes is a word for us. I just really just get a little nutty when I see Bible translations that say men and women. That's not what this says. That's not what this says. Thank God for all the passages about, you know, like a, like a nursing mother I was among you, Paul said. I don't want to change that to men either. Okay? Let the Bible metaphors and pictures stand. This is a message to men who are responsible for the church, for the home, for the culture. My brothers, if anyone, anyone, everyone say anyone, anyone. among you wanders from the truth and someone, that's you, that's you, you're the someone. And someone brings him back. Let him know. Let who know? The someone or the wanderer? Let the wanderer. So if you're considering taking up this challenge tonight, brothers, if someone wanders and someone goes to bring him back, let the guy going to bring him back know this. Whoever brings back a sinner, that's all of us, from his wandering will save his soul from death. Well, that can't be physical death because we're all going to die. So that's got to be talking about spiritual death, second death. In other words, if he comes back, then okay, then God brought him back through people. He's, he's with us. If he went out from us because he was not of us, right? So... He will give the evidence that he truly is one of God's children. If somebody brings him back, he's going to save his soul, bottom line, save that guy from hell. And he covered a multitude of sins. So often in the church, we parade the sins of others, but we're supposed to cover the sins of others. We're supposed to cover them. The less people that know, the better. Truth, total transparency about truth. Love covering giving grace, helping people find their way back. I wrestled with how to close this message and I said to Pastor Ryan at the start, there was a musical idea I had, but I feel actually led to say this. Another few weeks and my wife and I will be down here again through Easter. So looking forward to be part of this church family. Feel really blessed and privileged to call you guys my brothers. A year ago right now, I was this guy kind of the wounded guy, kind of the just, I don't know exactly, but I hadn't been to church for, I don't know, probably more than two months. And I, I didn't really want to go. 
this, I mean, you know this story. This lady, she's like, I mean, I had that beard member right down to here, and she looked at me like, this guy is like five minutes from hell. And, <laughs> and so she says to me, she says, would you ever think about going to church? And, and I've shared with you, my response was like, hell no. And I, but she asked me, and my whole life I told everybody to invite people to church, so I felt like a hypocrite if I didn't go when somebody finally asked me. So I came here, and I was so sure this church would suck. <laughs> I just, like, I was so excited for it to be lame so I could never go again. And the worship was off the chain. The pastor got up and opened the word of God carefully, practically, thoughtfully, powerfully. And I'm just like, crap. <laughs> Come on now. But God loved me and he saw me and he's just like, and this lady, she just got me and just brought me here. So many good things have happened since then. I was just really, really hurting. Someday, you know, I'll be able to tell you the whole story. God's doing great things in that regard. But let me just say, this is awesome work. And I want you to bow with me right now. And I want you to pray this prayer. God, who is the wanderer you want me to go get? You can't control if they come with you, but you're in charge of the invitation. You don't show up with judgment. You don't show up with condemnation. You show up with love. This is giving evidence of the genuineness of your faith that you would take the time and endure the discomfort to get this done. Now, I want to encourage you not to think about this. I'm going to have that talk with my son. No, maybe somebody else at your table should talk to your son. But I want to encourage you, this is not someone in your own little circle of, I'll sleep better when they're with Jesus again. It's not that person. Someone else has to talk to that person. But here's what I will tell you. When you take care of what's on God's heart, God will take care of what's on your heart. When we only want enough salvation for our own household, we hardly ever get even that. But if you would take up God's heart for men all around this area within driving distance of this church, some haven't been to church in weeks or months, some haven't been for years or decades. And this place is so authentic and so life-giving and so full of the Spirit and there's still some chairs available and a new worship center under construction. Who will take up the challenge to make a list of two or three people and say, I'm going to go have coffee with him. I'm going to go share what the Lord's doing in my life with this guy. I'm going to go tell that guy that I'm sorry because I knew that he was hurting, but I just let it get off my radar. And, and I, I know he's out there, but I've just never taken the time to tell him I love him still. I don't care what happened. Holy Spirit of God, now we invite you to seal to our hearts some names. I will act upon what you have spoken to me about tonight. I will make a phone call. I will write a note. I will drop by unexpected at home, at work. I'll be like strategic and figure out a way to be where that conversation can happen. And right now, God, we're just asking to be used by you. We know how your heart longs for those who are lost and wandering. And because we love you, Jesus, as an evidence of our sincere faith, we ask to be used by you. 
any one of you brings back a wanderer, you save his soul from death, you cover a multitude of sins. By this we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brothers. Amen. So I hope that you've been really encouraged today through this clear teaching from God's word. I just want to thank you from the whole team for listening to the James McDonald podcast, where the learning is for loving, loving God and for loving others more and more until we see him face to face. Thank you for standing with us. Your prayerful support is our lifeline to continue this gospel partnership, and it makes podcasts like these possible. If you're not part of a vibrant, life-giving gospel church, check out this new alternative. It's called the Home Church Network. You can get it at homechurchnetwork.global. All the ministry information, Bible teaching, and and resources are there, and also at jamesmcdonaldministries.org. Hey, thank you again for listening.